time for another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library, where your favorite bookworms give our recommendations from the Delaware County District Library. So don't worry, we'll help you find something new to get lost in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library. This week at the library, you're just hearing from me. It's Katie. You'll be hearing from Via a little bit later in the episode as she pops in to talk about one of her favorite movies that's just been released, and we're really looking forward to hearing from that. We're also going to hear an extended book review coming up from Megan. Stay tuned for all of that. But for right now, I'm really excited to talk to you about something that I've really been enjoying for the past couple of years, and we discussed this on a previous episode. It's the Audi Awards. In case you've never heard of the Audis, and I'm guessing many of you have not, that is an award that goes out to the best audiobooks every year. There are categories such as best book of the year, best science fiction, best self-help, best history, lots of different subjects, just like you'd imagine, because there are a lot of books out there. But these awards go to the narrator, the author, and the producer of that book for creating a unique audio story and recording of that title. So we're really excited about the Audis around here. Personally, I've served as a judge for the past seven years. I've really enjoyed it. We have a handful of other staff members who have judged the Audis as well, and we're just really big audiobook fans around here. For the categories that we really wanted to highlight this time around, we are focusing on female titles as much as possible because it is, after all, Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month in March here. But the first book we're going to talk about is Project Hail Mary. That book was written by Andy Weir. You may recognize that author as the author of The Martian, which came out a couple years ago and was extremely popular. That was also turned into a film, but we're going to talk about Project Hail Mary this time. The description for Project Hail Mary, which was narrated by Ray Porter and, as I said, won Audiobook of the Year, as well as Best Sci-Fi Audiobook of 2022, That book is about Ryland Grace. He's the sole survivor on a desperate last chance mission. And if he fails, humanity and the earth itself will perish. Except that right now he doesn't know that. He can't even remember his own name, let alone the nature of his assignment or how to complete it. All he knows is that he's been asleep for a very, very long time. And he's just been awakened to find himself millions of miles from home with nothing but two corpses for company. Adult Services Specialist Megan really liked this book, so you'll hear her full review coming up later. The next book I want to mention that won Best Fiction Audiobook is The Final Revival of Opal and Nev. Accepting a contract from a fledgling record company, a talented music artist in early 1970s New York endures racist responses to her activism before a reunion interview decades later reveals explosive secrets. This book was written by Donnie Walton and narrated by a full cast. The narrators include Janina Edwards, Bonnie Turpin, James Langton, Andre DeShields, Dennis Boutsikaris, Steve West, 
Gabra Zachman, Robin Miles, and a full cast. When a book has a full cast of narrators, it's one of my favorite things. I love a solo narrator, but having a full cast gives you such rich enjoyment of the book because you get so many different narrators that bring life to all of the different characters. It's perfect for a book that's written in the style of an interview, like the final revival of Opal and Nev, because you get a lot of back and forth and you find a lot of different characteristics in the author's voices. Highly recommend that one. It is also available as a CD audiobook. It's available as e-audio through Overdrive or the Libby app. We'd be happy to help you figure out how to download that title and hope you enjoy it. That's also recommended for fans of the book Daisy Jones and the Six. So if you like that one, give the final revival of Opal and Neva a try. The next award that we'd like to highlight is The Departed Earth by Anjali Njedi. This won Best Female Narrator, and it was narrated by Deepti Gupta. When a pregnancy loss uproots her life, Shan begins the search for her estranged grandmother and, piecing together her family history shattered by the partition of India, discovers how little she actually knows about the women in her family and what they endured. Next, we have Clan Lands. This one sounds like a ton of fun. The subtitle for Clan Lands is Whiskey, Warfare, and a Scottish Adventure Like No Other. Written and narrated by Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish, with a foreword written and narrated by Diana Gabaldon. This won the award for Best History and Biography Audiobook, and I bet all of you Outlander fans out there are already familiar with these two characters. From their faithful camper van to boats, kayaks, bicycles, and motorbikes, join stars of Outlander Sam and Graham on a road trip with a difference as two Scotsmen explore a land of raw beauty, poetry, feuding, music, history, and warfare. Unlikely friends, Sam and Graham begin their journey in the heart of Scotland at Glencoe and travel from there all the way to Inverness and the Culloden Battlefield, where along the way they experience adventure and a cast of Highland characters. In this story of friendship, finding themselves, and whiskey, they discover the complexity, rich history, and culture of their native country. This is available on Overdrive or Libby. Sounds like an absolute blast. And it'll hold you over while you're waiting for the next season of Outlander to come out. Finally, we have the winner of the best nonfiction audiobook of the year. That award went to The Joy of Sweat, The Strange Science of Perspiration by Sarah Everett. This was narrated by Sophie Amos. A taboo-busting romp through the shame, stink, and strange science of sweating. Sweating may be one of our weirdest biological functions, but it's also one of our most vital and least understood. Deeply researched and written with great zest, The Joy of Sweat is a fresh take on a gross but engrossing fact of human life. I love that. Gross but engrossing. That, again, is available on e-audio on Overdrive or Libby. You can also read the book for many of these. You don't have to get them on audio. There are available in print if listening isn't your thing. But I encourage you to try out an audiobook, especially if you've never done it before. They really do offer a whole new rich experience. And what better way to start than going to all of these award winners from the Audis? If you'd like to see all of the Audis winners this year, which I highly encourage you to take a look at, you can visit the Audis webpage at 
audiopub.org. They'll have the full list of winners there. You can check out years past and all the great narrators and awards. The other thing that's pretty cool is every year the Audis hosts a gala to announce all the winners. And since we've been living in a virtual world for the past two years, the Audis gala has been recorded and saved to YouTube. So you can watch the virtual gala on YouTube. It was hosted by CalPen this year. They did an excellent job of creating that fun presentational feeling while also making all the narrators, producers, and authors feel really special. It was a really fun experience. So check out the Audis on YouTube. Next, I'm going to turn it over to Megan, and she's going to give you her full review of Project Hail Mary. Take it away, Megan. Hi, this is Megan from the Delaware County District Library, Orange Branch. I would like to talk to you today about my review for Andy Weir's latest book, Project Hail Mary. So the first time I actually read it, and now I am listening to the audiobook, and both of them are excellent. So here's the review. Andy Weir's humor and attention to detail absolutely continue to shine in his latest book, Project Hail Mary. The slightly self-deprecating humor of the main character is the driving force behind this exciting, out-of-this-world novel. Who better to save humanity than a junior high school teacher, right? You gotta know a little bit of everything. I have to say, for a man who has amnesia and can't even remember his name, Grace is doing a pretty good job aboard a spacecraft heading for a new star. So, everybody, the next part is going to contain lots and lots of spoilers. So, if you don't want to hear that, uh, I would say stop listening to this particular review right now. (laughs) I have to say, I was not expecting the good doctor to meet sentient life. By the way, I I started reading this book without looking at any reviews or knowing anything about it. Uh, But the logical yet humorous way in which Grace interacts with them the sentient life that is, is perfect. Rocky's attitude about how frail and useless humans are is highly entertaining. And like most of Weir's previous novels, Hail Mary is thoroughly researched and well thought out. It is definitely in the realm of realistic science fiction, perhaps speculative science fiction, and it makes me wonder if NASA will be reaching out to Weir again to ask who his alien contact is. Rumor has it that NASA reached out to Weir uh, after he published The Martian to ask who his NASA contact was, which I find very entertaining. So overall, it was a wonderful story filled with well-thought-out and unique characters. This story was full of high and low points of action and possible heartache that kept me simultaneously rolling in fits of laughter and on the edge of my seat. If you enjoyed reading The Expanse series by James S.A. Corey or The Mars Trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson, you will absolutely love this book. So if that all doesn't convince you to read it, uh, here are some funny quotes from the book. Who am I to question a creepy robot-armed computer overlord? And another one. I am Emperor Comatose. Kneel before me. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Megan. That sounds awesome. Can't wait to check it out. In sticking with Women's History Month, I want to take a moment to talk about two of my favorite podcast hosts. 
Danielle Henderson and Millie DeChirico and their podcast, I Saw What You Did. You may remember I talked about Danielle's memoir, The Ugly Cry, last episode. So I have nothing but love for Danielle. She's so fantastic. The podcast, I Saw What You Did, premiered in October of 2020 on the Exactly Right Network. If you're a fan of true crime, you may know the Exactly Right as a network created by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark, the hosts of the true crime comedy podcast, My Favorite Murder. On I Saw What You Did, Millie and Danielle, a film expert and a film enthusiast, program a double feature of their favorite movies with a different wild theme every week. Join these friends as they dissect the films and explore the weird ways we respond to and learn to love the movies. I have to say this podcast is just delightful. If you are a fan of films and lighthearted yet hysterical chats with some incredibly smart women, this podcast is absolutely worth checking out. Danielle brings her rich and interesting life experiences to the table with such straightforward and deadpan delivery. Her co-host, Millie, brings so much film knowledge to the show. I'm learning so much from her. Millie is a programmer for Turner Classic Movies' TCM Underground series, which is their late-night movie franchise that showcases the best of classic cult films and hard-to-find films, from experimental shorts to offbeat comedies. Millie really knows her stuff, and through the podcast... She has introduced me to so many cult films and older classics that I would have never experienced before. The films are always released in advance. They mention them on social media. You can find them on Instagram at isawpod. So you'll have the movies in advance, and you can try to figure out what theme they come up with. It's never easy, trust me. You think it's obvious, and it's really not. But every... Every week, you can hang out with Millie and Danielle as they discuss the characters, the cast, and all the wild things these movies have to offer. So if you can't get enough podcasts in your life, check out I Saw What You Did. It's absolutely worth it. And trust me, your film to watch list will grow and grow. They have so many movies on there that I haven't thought about in years or movies I've never seen. So highly recommended. Thanks a lot for offering all your movie reviews to us. Next up, speaking of movie reviews, we're going to have Via, and she is going to give us a review of One Night in Soho, the Edgar Wright film that is coming soon to video. I can't wait to hear what Via has to say about it. Take it away, Via. It's Via. See, you don't have to miss me too much because I am popping in to say hello for this episode. Thank you for the introduction, Katie. Yes, we have talked a lot about audiobooks this episode, so I am going to be throwing a movie recommendation at you, and I absolutely adored this movie, so uh, the recommendation might be a little bit biased, but in a positive way, so you can't really be upset with that, right? So, um, first of all, let's do a a clear up here. Katie, it's last night in Soho, not one night in Soho. You have to get the title right because the people have to be able to find it. She told me I could rag on her, so I will. But uh, yes, Last Night in Soho is my recommendation for you today. It is directed by Edgar Wright and starring Thomas and Mackenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Matt Smith. Now, um, this movie came out in theaters at the end of last year where I saw it, and now it is out of theaters and on the shelves for all of your viewing pleasure. Uh, Edgar Wright, uh, I'm a huge fan of Edgar Wright movies. Uh, if you don't recognize the name, I'm sure you'll recognize some of the movies he's done. He's known for the Cornetto trilogy, which includes Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, not to be confused with Pirates of the Caribbean's At World's End. Um, I say that because I have done that many times. Um, there are so many movies with those little variations. So The World's End. 
Uh, he also did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, Baby Driver, and now, yes, Last Night in Soho. Um, also, Anya Taylor-Joy, how do you not know that name at this point? She's in everything. She is fantastic. Um, she plays a uh, glamorous... 1960s girl who wants to become a singer uh, named Sandy and uh, Thomas and Mackenzie she you might actually know her recently from uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie Old she was um, one of the um I don't want to spoil too much in it, but she is one of the people in it. <laughs> so I will I will leave it at that, but you might have seen her in that. Um, and Matt Smith, um, of course, if you are a sci-fi fan, Matt Smith played one of our lovely doctors in Doctor Who. Um, definitely a big fan of that. So you've got great people in here. There's more than that. Those are just the three main leads. Um, but in this psychological thriller, Eloise, uh, played by Thomas and Mackenzie, is an inspiring uh, fashion designer and is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s from her, uh, her apartment flat where she rents, uh, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer, Anya Taylor-Joy, playing Sandy, but the glamour is not all it appears to be and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far darker. Ooh. So yes, this is um, under our DVDs, listed as DVD Horror, L-A-S, and it is available now. But yeah, I agree. I think it is more of a psychological thriller. There, um, there are some um, little bits of supernatural elements to it, but it definitely um, is more used as a big metaphor uh, for the movie. And I, even though this movie is directed by a man, it is very uh, female prominent in both actresses and the story. So I thought it would work out great for March and Women's uh, International Women's Month. So um, this Thomas and Mackenzie, I have not seen her in very much. I did see Old, um, personally not a fan. Uh, that is actually though based on a comic. It's a French comic. So um, if you are curious, I always recommend reading the source material um, along with it or beforehand. I always try to do that. Um, but yeah, it is so you can look that up. But Thomas and Mackenzie, um, I've only seen her in that, and she's in a movie that I have on my list to watch called Leave No Trace, but she was fantastic in this for um, sort of an up-and-coming actress that's a little lesser known. She did an amazing job. Um, her, her face gives so many expressions that say so much about a situation. Um, she just ramped things up to 11 in this. You know, she, every scene, whatever reaction she needed to have, um, she could. She played um, kind of the, the country mouse going to the city extremely extremely well. Um, you were able to see that character arc build. And um, yeah, she was just able to really make that character her own. And you you believe everything she feels and everything she says because she truly becomes that character. Um, the movie itself is an overwhelm of the senses, but in such a wonderful way. It really does sweep you up in all of the music, uh, the colors, and the awe of the spectacle that is filmed and put on screen in a way that it represents nostalgia because this movie is very much about um, glamorizing nostalgia and why maybe we shouldn't do that as much as we do. So um, it's it's all about beautiful color movement. Uh, the music, oh my God, the music, the soundtrack to this movie is amazing. It is so fantastic. Lots of 60s-inspired music, ones that you're going to know. Um, there's a couple that are, are sung actually by Anya Taylor-Joy from the movie that are put on the soundtrack. I have been listening to it on repeat since I saw the movie. It's still one of the, the soundtracks that I, I go to continuously. So um, highly recommend the soundtrack. Um, 
but of course the movie. Uh, but yeah, it does feel, the, the movie feels like the way nostalgia feels. You know, it, it comes over you, it makes you experience and remember and, and feel completely overwhelmed. Um, but the switch in tone and colors and lighting and everything in the sort of nightmarish parts are equally influencing to your senses. And um, he does that in, in a way um, that does make you feel it because he is trying to show that whole glamorization of nostalgia and how, oh, wait, let's remember some of the, the realer, messier, not so positive things that happened in this as well. Um, the outfits are fantastic. Uh, Thomason's actually teased her, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, um, her character Eloise is teased uh, for being inspired by the 60s because she makes her own clothes and, um, you know, not being from the city, that's seen as old fashioned. It's not mod, you know, um, so. Uh, but her, her outfits are so adorable and so cute, and they just continue to improve. There's one particularly, there is a, a, in the very beginning of the film, you see Eloise in a dress made of newspapers dancing around to some 60s music, and it is so cool. I would love to wear that dress. It's definitely um, something that I would see in the fashion world, and I'm pretty, pretty sure it's already been done. Um, but yes, all I can do is rave about this movie. Uh, you know, it's it's newer if you haven't seen it highly recommend. I did not guess the ending at all. It is a bit of a mystery movie. Some people may be able to, but um, I was either too blown away by the movie itself um, or it was hidden well enough. So you'll have to tell me what you think when you watch it, but I really liked how they handled it. Um, I, I definitely think that it has some spooky moments, but it's not over the top. It's not crazy. It is that good mystery thriller. And the horror actually comes more from the real life events going on. Nothing, um, you know, phantasmic. Uh, this movie is all about, like I said, loving nostalgia. And so the, the horror versions of it are the realities of what happened in that era that we like to gloss over. So um, Edgar Wright does have an obsession himself with the 1960s London that helped shape the themes of the film he wanted to make. And uh, a quote from him about the movie is something that I find truly nightmarish. And I guess that's an element there where I'm sort of giving a sharp rebuke to myself is the danger of being overly nostalgic about previous decades. In a way, the film is about romanticizing the past and why it's wrong to do that. British films of the 1960s were also inspirations for Wright, who said, a lot of films of that period are about the darker side of Soho or of show business. You still have to question where they're coming from, because there's a lot of them, which are more the sensationalistic ones that take this kind of punitive approach to the female characters. There are a lot of movies where it seems that the genre is girl comes to London to make it big and is roundly punished for her efforts. So uh, you'll kind of see how he subverts that girl comes to a big town and gets punished from the 60s and makes it his own, even though part of it is set in the 60s for the modern time. One of the most amazing things about this movie is the majority of the effects, uh, where you see both girls looking at each other in a mirror or switching out dancing, because um, Eloise is Sandy a bit of the time when she goes into these these dreamlike states. Uh, there's There are points where, where she's just observing, and there are points where they practically become the same character, and these were all done, uh, well, the majority of them were done, sorry, um, with practical effects. So you can see some of these behind the scenes if you look it up on YouTube or on the behind the scenes of the DVD. Um, 
you can see them practicing the dance where one of them will be standing off outside of camera view and have to run in at the right time where the other girl runs out uh, to make this seamless um, switching between the characters sort of being one another as she's traveling back in time. And it's very cool. It's very well done. Um, you know, a little bit of that, um, oh, I believe, what is it, uh, Groucho Marx, that that episode of, like, I Love Lucy makes me think of where they're in front of the mirror. Um, I be- yeah, I believe that's who it was, um, where they have to, like, mimic each other. Uh, there, There's definitely um, some elements of that, uh, but in less of a comedy way, of course, uh, with the two girl leads. And uh, also, to achieve filming in Soho, which is always alive, it's always crazy busy, you can't shut Soho down in London. Um, they actually found ways to shoot around the Soho area without closing off the whole area for the set, like they, you know, you normally would when filming a movie. And uh, so the scenes where you see them walking around the streets of Soho at night, uh, those crowds of people are random people that didn't know they were going to be extras in the film. Like, yeah, I'm sure everybody saw people were filming. Um, but some people were just literally shopping, going about their way, way in the background. And so, uh, you know, those people may may catch themselves way in the background of the movie. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. This movie is also dedicated to Diana Riggs, who passed away after the movie was filmed, um, but before its release. And she plays the landlady, Ms. Collins. So it was a very sweet tribute. Um, She's been in, in, in movies for a very long time, very popular. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, that was really nice. Um, and like I said, you, you've got to see it. It's truly, it's truly just an amazing movie. Um, this is a, a, bigger, a bigger film than I think Edgar Wright has ever really made. And he took a risk. He normally does more comedy things, and this was definitely more serious. And it hugely paid off. He proved himself to be able to make movies like this. And like I said, this shot to the top of my favorite, Edgar Wright. I think this is the best movie that he has done. So if you're a fan of Edgar Wright, definitely see it. If you're a fan of any of these actors that I mentioned, um, definitely see it. (laughs) Uh, And if it just sounds cool, say it with me, folks. Definitely see it. Yes. Uh, So, uh, yeah, that is Last Night in Soho. And again, if you would like to check it out from the library, it is under DVD Horror LAS, and it is available now. So thanks so much for letting me pop in here real quick. And uh, I will go ahead and end out the show for us this episode. But I hope that you enjoyed all of these recommendations. Uh, I definitely want to check out Project Hail Mary. That sounds very good. And uh, I I love the the quote imitations. Uh, So many of those are, are so good. And and uh, that's kind of uh, Megan's Megan's um, telling of that kind of is what makes me want to dig into that besides the story. So and also the Audi Awards. I'm so excited. They finally came out. Katie knows I was chomping at the bit for the winners and for the finalists so that I could go ahead and dig in for myself to uh, experience and read some of them. So. I'm very excited to go and start doing that now that I can look up the list. But thank you so much again for joining us for this episode. Um, And we will see you in the next episode where it's going to be a bit more uh, kid-centric. So if you have some kiddos that want some recommendations or you're a parent or a babysitter or a daycare sitter or um, any of those, you will want to tune in and get our recommendations for the little ones. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Join us next time on Library Gals. Go to the library where we geek out about books, movies, and more. You can email us your questions, comments, or concerns, any feedback you like, at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. 
to check out all the digital resources mentioned in today's episode or to request any items for your reading, viewing, or listening pleasure, visit DelawareLibrary.org. We'll see you soon. Thank you.